for hard to give Cause the other part got broken when I was a kid And I wish I could put my heart on the shelf But it's hard to give it to someone When I don't love myself this is me in the future after the episode ends. I also need to add a trigger warning for suicidal ideation, uh, suicidal discussion, and suicidal thoughts. Um, if those are triggers for you, that is a warning. Um, the discussion of suicide comes up after the um, talk of the sponsors, so you can listen up until an hour um, with no mention of suicide if that's a trigger for you. So. Yeah, there we go. Welcome back to Help Me Name This Podcast. My name is Jewish Jasmine T, and this is the part three of the disgusting Elliot Roger manifesto. Um, we left off at the end of him being 13, or the middle of him being 13, I guess. The end of the, you know, lost chapter. The next section we're reading is called Stuck in the Void, ages 13 through 17. And just like all the other episodes, trigger warning for pretty much everything, because I haven't read, I mean, I'm reading this for the first time with you guys, so I don't even know what I need to put a trigger warning for yet, um, but I'm guessing trigger warning for sexual assault, probably, um, and the way he talks about his sister makes me kind of uncomfortable. I feel like maybe at some point I'll need an incest trigger warning, so maybe that, I'm not sure. So, trigger warning, all abuse, I guess. Um, if you haven't listened to the first two parts, you'll probably want to, to listen to this one, or at least listen to the last one to get caught up. But I think at this point he's in middle school and just started playing World of Warcraft. So, pretty big time in his life. You know, we all become adults when we make our first World of Warcraft account, apparently, because that's what he said. So, let's get into Stuck in the Void. James Ellis also acquired Xbox Live with Halo 2. I started to play with him online and our friendship reignited after being stale for the previous year. We would meet up online after school or on Saturday mornings. The two of us battled on Halo 2 over the internet just like we, just like we did with our Nintendo 64 games when we were children. James would only be my friend throughout the next year, depressing and lonely period of my life. My friendship with James helped me cope with the loneliness. The very fun times we would have were like the light in the darkness for me. Oh yay, so glad you had that. Fuck you. Um, now that I was able to play World of Warcraft at my mother's house with no limitations aside from school and homework, I became very addicted to the game and my character in it. It was all I cared about. I was so immersed in the game that I no longer cared about what people thought of me. I saw only I saw on, I only saw school as something that took me away from World of Warcraft. Great. Um, I became very bored at school, mainly due to the fact that I was still the invisible quiet kid. To alleviate this boredom, I started to act weird and annoying, um, so people would give me attention. Great. Um, I became known as the weird kid at Pinecrest, and people started to make fun of me, but I didn't care. I had my online games to distract me from the harsh realities of life that I was too scared to face. The only time I did care was when a group of popular 7th grade girls started teasing me, which hurt a lot. 
um, interjection, this next section has some like blacked out name. Um, it's like a redacted name of a girl. I'm guessing that means he's about to discuss one of the women he ended up killing. Um, so when I say redacted name, um, take into consideration that it's the redacted name of a woman that years later he would end up killing. Um, started teasing me, which hurt me a lot. One of these girls was redacted name, a pretty blonde girl. She must have thought I was an ultimate loser. I hated her so much and I will never forget her. I started to hate all girls because of this. I saw them as mean, cruel, and heartless creatures that took pleasure from my suffering. End of paragraph. I really love the the way that incels make these statements about all women, but then when women criticize men, they say, not all men. Okay, not all women then? Except women don't say that. <laughs> Grow some fucking skin, Mr. Roger. Um, all right, next paragraph. At father's house, I was forced to change my bedroom to the downstairs room that Tracy once occupied. My old bedroom was being given to my baby brother. Samoya was due to give birth to him very soon. I was quite annoyed at this. That room was the room that made me so enthusiastic about moving to that house. Father and Samoya thought moving me was the best solution. The new baby, baby would get the room close to them, and I would have the much bigger downstairs room. Interjection. Oh no, you have to go to a different room in your five-bedroom mansion? You poor fucking man. You poor man. That sounds terrible. Um, and yes, obviously the nursery needs to be the room ne right next to the master bedroom. It's a newborn baby. It has to be close to where its parents are. They have to change its diaper and shit throughout the night. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What an inconsiderate dickhead. Okay. Next paragraph. Samoya gave birth to a newborn baby boy and they named him Jazz. It happened during father's... It happened during father's week? That must be the week during Father's Day? I'm not sure what that is. Um, while Father and Samoya were at the hospital, Alex Bubenheim picked us up from school and we stayed at his house in the afternoons. This occurred for three days and finally, uh, on the day of the birth, Father showed up to announce the birth of Jazz. We had a little celebration and the song Jesse's Girl played from Alex's sound system. Whenever I heard this song in the future, I would always think of that day. It was an exciting day. I actually had a brother. It was hard to believe. Technically, he's my half-brother, but I would always term him as my brother. I wasn't as impacted by his birth as I expected myself to be, possibly because I was so caught up in my own personal and emotional changes that I was going through at that stage. Spring break came up. The first break from school since I started playing World of Warcraft. I considered myself extremely fortunate that I was at my mother's house for that week. I disliked being a father's house because I had so many limits on the amount of time I could play my game. On the onset of spring break, I planned to spend the whole time on World of Warcraft, leveling up my character and forgetting about my horrible school life. I invited James to come over to my mother's apartment for the first time. We played a round of Halo 2, and then I decided to show him World of Warcraft. He knew nothing about it, and I was very eager to get him into it. 
World of Warcraft was his kind of game after all, and he seemed very interested. We went to Father's house for Easter Sunday. He took us to a party held by some new friends of his, the Thompsons. Alongside the Bubenheims, the Thompsons became frequent guests at my father's dinner parties. They consisted of John Thompson, a successful producer, and his wife, Tatiana. They had three children. Isabel, the oldest daughter, was two years younger than me. The twins, Josh and Alexandra, they were the same age as my sister. Um, On the first day me and my sister met them, I believe it was on Easter Sunday. We played with them splendidly in their backyard. But soon they came over a few more times. Um, Yeah, but soon after they came over a few more times, I began to have uneasy feelings and nervousness around the two girls, mainly because I thought all girls hated me. Uh, The way I was treated by girls at my school played a big part into my resentment towards all of them during this time. This resentment would only grow larger the more I am treated unfairly by the female gender. Okay, probably because you treat them like garbage. Um, Mother took us to the premiere of Star Wars 3 Revenge of the Sith. As a huge Star Wars fan, this was a big day for me. Cool. Episode 3 would complete the whole Star Wars saga. It was the most anticipated movie. To be able to see it before everyone made me feel special. I really liked the character Anakin Skywalker, and I was amazed to see his epic transformation into Darth Vader on a high-quality big screen. Um, Finally having something to brag about, I told everyone at school the next day that I went to the premiere because my mother is friends with George Lucas. The problem was that uh, most 8th graders thought Star Wars was a quote-unquote nerdy interest, and they didn't really care. I was left furious and disappointed by their reaction. As middle school approached, okay, so he's not in middle school yet. It's about to approach. It's about to approach. As middle school approached its ultimate. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. He's in middle school. Um, As middle school approached its ultimate end, I was having a miserable time there. I was extremely unpopular, widely disliked, and viewed as the weirdest kid in school. I had to act weird in order to gain attention. Interjection. No, you didn't. You didn't have to. You chose to. It's that kind of subtle language that plays into this being so harmful. You did not have to. And the thing about narcissistic personality disorders, which I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but it's, it, to me, it really is pretty evident that he does have some kind of um, class B mental illness. Um, class B includes borderline personality, narcissistic personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder, um, which is sociopathy and psychopathy. Um, He definitely has some kind of narcissistic tendency, and yeah, I mean, fuck, I can't even put into words how, how truly harmful it is to say that being unpopular and widely disliked, viewed as the weird kid, makes you in some way, (sighs) makes it acceptable for you to do horrible things in return. It's not. The way people treat you, I mean, it doesn't need to result in how you treat other people. 
Definitely stand up for yourself to the people that do treat you badly, but don't just assume that everybody is the way that that one person treated you. That's how you set yourself up for a bad life, and he's already done that. He already assumes everybody is terrible when he meets them, so yeah, they think you're weird and you're widely disliked because you approach them thinking they're going to be terrible before you talk to them. So, sorry, I'm not sorry that they hate you. Um, okay, end of interjection. I was tired of being the invisible shy kid. Infamy is better than total obscurity. Interjection, that's not true. Please don't internalize that. Um, the teasing I received was bittersweet. I felt horrible to be teased and bullied. It caused me a lot of pain and anger. But at the same time, I got a kick out of getting so much attention. Ugh. It felt good to be confident enough to pick fights with the popular skateboarder kids. It was either that or continue to be ignored by everyone like I was in the 6th and 7th grade. I never knew how to gain positive attention, only negative. Yeah, dude, obviously. Um, my experience during middle school really darkened my view of the world, and it would only get darker from there on as I suffered more and more. The way I was treated by girls at this time, especially that evil bitch redacted name, sparked an intense fear of girls. The funny part is that I had a secret crush on redacted name. She was the first girl I ever had a crush on, and I never admitted it to anybody. To be teased and ridiculed by the girl I had a crush on wounded me deeply. The world that I grew up thinking was bright and blissful was all over. Ugh, dude. I was living in a depraved world, and I didn't want to accept it. Didn't want to give any thought to it. That's why I immersed myself entirely into my online games like World of Warcraft. I felt safe there. Interjection. Um... Redacted name, whatever her real name is, had absolutely no obligation to him. Um, if he thinks that she treated him badly, I mean, I don't believe him. I think that she treated him accordingly, probably. I think that he was probably pushy with her. Um, he admits openly here to being annoying on purpose to get attention, and your crush is who you want the most attention from. So he was clearly annoying to her on purpose to get attention, and she was clearly the kind of girl that stands up for herself. Um, and it seems as if he's going to end up killing her for it. So no matter how much you like someone, they don't owe you their time. And that's something that every single person in the world has to experience. I can guarantee you that nobody will go their entire life without being rejected. Um, and if you're just a normal person, you're gonna get rejected a bunch of times. And there's this great Jenna Marbles video where she talks about how she just goes up to, you know, when she was single, she would just go up to the men she was interested in and tell them upright, no matter how much or how little she knew them. And she said, um, what the worst thing that they can say is no. And then you go along with your day. You don't need to internalize it. And that's true. Obviously, your first rejection is super hard, and any rejection can be really hard, especially depending on the person, but we all need to be rejected, and we all need to remember that the worst that they, thing that they can say is no. Um, but he didn't take this girl's no for no. He took it as, I'm going to be annoying to you on purpose to get attention from you, and it didn't end up well. So when you say, you know... <laughs> 
when you victim shame a woman and say, well, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Well, why didn't you do this or that? There's no one safe thing to do as a girl. Someone could have said to this girl, you know, well, why didn't you stand up for herself? And then she stood up for herself. And then it's, you know, well, why did you treat him so badly? Why didn't you just be nice to him? Well, because I was told to stand up for myself instead. No matter what they do, it's going to be looked at as the wrong thing. So anyways, he owes her nothing. Uh, she owes him nothing. And he can go fuck himself. Um, anyways, okay. So, I was so obsessed with playing World of Warcraft that I never gave much serious thought to the fact um, that I would have to go to high school soon. As the end of middle school neared, the prospect started to loom over me more and more. At one moment, I pictured what my life in high school would be like based on how things had been for me in middle school. It was not a bright picture. I didn't want to have to deal with uh, things that have been for me in middle school. Sorry. Um, I can't fucking read. Bright picture. I don't want to have to deal with the cruelty. Okay. I didn't want to have to deal with the cruelty of girls in high school, and I imagined it would be much worse than anything I've ever experienced. I begged my parents to send me to Crespi, Crespi Carmelite High School, a Catholic all-boys all school. Father took me there on a tour, and it didn't look so bad. It was very prestigious private school. At least I wouldn't have to deal with any fear of the girls. We submitted an application. A few weeks later, I received the news I'd been accepted to Crespi. Uh, okay, interjection. So... His fear of girls here, and when he says, I pictured what my life would be, I didn't want to have to deal with the cruelty of girls in high school. That cruelty will, what he thinks is cruelty, will only happen if he berates these women. When you don't talk to someone, they won't give you the time of day, especially in high school. Um, yeah, he'll likely be you know, in this situation, I would understand being bullied, you know, would hurt. I, here's the hard thing. I was bullied in high school, except only when I was loud. I was a loud feminist. <laughs> I, that's who I was. And how loud I was resulted in the responses I got. You know, the days that I was quiet and said nothing, nothing happened to me. And it seems like that would have been the case with him. All he had to do was shut the fuck up. Anyways, end of introduction. Eighth grade graduation was a nightmare. Everyone was required to go up on stage and speak to the whole audience. We had to say our name and tell everyone what school we were planning on going to. The audience consisted of all students' families as well as any siblings or friends who wished to attend. Both my parents came, as well as Samoya, Gahija, and my sister, even my baby brother, Jez. It took place in the evening. As I lined up, I could feel myself shaking. I was scared to speak in front of a classroom. To speak in a microphone to hundreds of people was too much. I didn't understand how everyone else seemed to be fine with it. I envied their bravery. When my name was called, I didn't want to go, but it was required of me and I pushed myself to do it. Oh my god, sorry. I forgot to breathe. Ugh, okay. Um, um, 
when my name was called, I didn't want to go, but it was required of me. I pushed myself to do it. I walked up to the microphone and nervous, nervously said, my name is Elliot and I plan on going to Crespi High School. I heard my own voice in the speakers and saw everyone staring at me. It made me cringe. I quickly walked away for the next person to go up. It was over. Eighth grade was over. Middle school was over. I said a few farewells to the people I knew, Alfred Graham and Bryce Miller, told me that they were going to Crespi as well. At least I will know two people at Crespi on the first day, I thought. The thought of going to high school sent a shiver through me. Um, I put it in the back of my mind to deal with later. After the ceremony, I said goodbye to the principal and she congratulated me on completing middle school. On the way home, my family seemed very proud of me. I didn't feel proud. I didn't feel like I accomplished anything. Middle school, though it started out okay in the first two years, ended up being a disaster. For summer break, I planned on spending the whole time playing World of Warcraft and forgetting about everything else. Um, I reached the highest level on my World of Warcraft character, level 60. I actually considered this to be a huge and important accomplishment. I joined a guild with my character and made a few online friends through it. I couldn't wait to play my character further, exploring everything the game had to offer and collecting more and more armor pieces and trinkets. Sip of iced coffee because y'all know my mouth gets dry as fuck when I talk about things like this. Okay. In just a week into my summer break, sick grammar. My mother told me that father and Samoya were going to Morocco and I would be forced to go with them. This news upset me tremendously and I then asked how long the trip would be. They told me it would be eight weeks. Eight weeks? I could not believe what I was hearing. I threw a big tantrum. Great. For one thing, I was never enthusiastic about Morocco. The country is very backwards. Holy shit. Fucking. Um, and that made me very uncomfortable. So he's a racist. Um, they didn't even have the latest video games. Pretentious fuck. Um, and to be forced to go there for eight weeks, that would take up the entire summer and first two weeks of high school. It was even longer than the last time we went, and I thought that was too long. I wouldn't be able to play World of Warcraft um, at all for those two months. The prospect devastated me. I begged my mother to not let me go, but father... And Samoya insisted on bringing me in Georgia, and my mother was probably looking forward to having two months without children to look after. The decision was made, the plans were set, they already had a plane ticket. I was going to Morocco. I bet they knew I would protest against going, which is why they told me last minute. Interjection. Um, a teenager throwing a tantrum is fucking annoying. Um... You're, you know, when you're a teenager, that's when you have to start, you know, maturing at least a little bit. And obviously going on a trip like this, when you don't want to as a teenager, that would be super frustrating. Um, but throwing a tantrum isn't an appropriate response to getting to go on a vacation to a beautiful place and have a bunch of money while doing it. It's like, and this is an incredibly privileged thing to read. <sighs> kind of hard to even think about being upset about getting to go to Morocco for eight weeks. But I understand that he had a bad relationship with his stepmother and that was a big part of it. <sighs> okay. 
Um, the last day of Mother's Week was the day before we would depart. Mother took me and my sister to a barbecue at the house of her friends, Alan and Rebecca. I was very sad for the whole day. I didn't want to do anything at the barbecue except for swing on the swing in misery. When we got home, I played World of Warcraft for the very last time. I took advantage of the few hours I had left on it. My mother allowed me to stay up until midnight playing. I acquired a very nice piece of armor for my character. I didn't want to leave it. When we arrived at Father's house the next day, I heard even more upsetting news. Father had to we work for the first uh, few weeks of summer, so he would be joining us in the middle of the trip. It was only Samoya taking us to Morocco. I hated traveling with Samoya. She made everything so difficult. Baby Jazz will be coming along with us, of course, and the stress of looking after a yelping baby while traveling will put Samoya in a bad mood. I was not happy at all. As I expected, the journey was a disaster. Baby Jazz cried a lot during the trip, and Samoya wasn't at her best of moods. We didn't take first class. Ugh. <laughs> we didn't take first class. Oh, poor, poor, you not get to take first class? Did you have to sit with all of the other people? Poor baby. <laughs> and we had to make three stops. Oh, the travesty. Guys, they had a layover. Can you believe, can you believe the, the demonic actions of Samoya? Three stops, how dare she? <laughs> okay, once in Michigan, again in Paris, and yet again in Casablanca. Before taking a small plane to Tangier. It was a miserable journey, the complete opposite of a great time I had a year ago on the trip to Malaysia. We took a taxi to Kahija's house right after we arrived. Kahija went from Morocco, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing the name wrong, went home to, uh, to Morocco on a different plane a few days before us, and she was already settled in. After unpacking at Kahija's house, we walked to Samoya's father's huge house where I met Eamon again. I remember playing with Eamon on the last trip to Morocco. He grew up a lot since then. To my dismay, he was taller and stronger than me, despite being two years younger. I was always short and physically weak. That's how it's been all my life. Yeah, like half the population, dude. You're, that's not an excuse for anything. We instantly became friends again after catching up a little, and I played hide-and-seek tag with him and his two younger brothers. I disliked having to be in Morocco for the whole summer, but I tried to make the best of it. Amen. Um, Amen made the time. Ugh, God. Amen made the time I spent there more fun. We often went out by ourselves to explore the city of Tangier. Amen knew where everything was, and Samoya trusted him to show me around. Georgia sometimes came with us. We had a few good times together, and we got along well. The Thompsons joined us in Morocco a couple weeks. After we arrived, Georgia was happy that Alessandra, Josh, and Isabel were there to play with her. I was not happy about it. I was so scared of girls at the time that I kept my distance from Alessandra and Isabel. I didn't want to admit to Eamon that I was scared of girls, though. That would have been embarrassing, so I just told him I thought they were too immature. He didn't understand this because I myself was very immature at the time. For my 14th birthday, Samoya organized a small party at her father's house. Most of the guests were her Moroccan friends, and some of them didn't even know that the party was for my birthday. Oof. I was a bit annoyed by this. They had a cake arranged for me, and it was brought out by everyone gathered to... 
it was brought out and everyone gathered to wish me a happy birthday. That would be the last time I spent my birthday with more people um, than just my family. I was amazed that I was actually 14. 14 sounded like such a big number. I didn't feel 14. I still felt like a little kid, and in appearances, I was. All right, interjection. Um, <laughs> it, he still feels like a little kid, and he clearly still has the intelligence of a little kid. Um, but I'm speaking on an intellectual kind of level. Uh, no, you know what? <laughs> Here's the thing, a lot of men like this will say, you know, I still felt like a kid, I wasn't a man yet, I was just a boy, I didn't know what I was doing. We hear those things a lot. And then we even start to say them, a man does something stupid and we go, that's not a man, that's a boy. We need to stop that because that is a man and we need to hold him accountable for his actions as a man. He is not a boy. His choices were not made as a boy, they were made as a man. And he was a man writing this, making excuses, using his younger self as an excuse for his actions as a fully grown man. That is not how it works. No matter what happened in your past, you don't get to murder people. You don't get to <laughs> discriminate against an entire gender of people. You don't get to just do these things. And if you do, you can't be mad that people don't like you. You can't be going, I'm allowed to have my opinion. You can't be mad about it, blah, 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 blah. If you get to have your opinion, then the rest of us do too. That's the thing. If you're gonna be like, <laughs> if you're gonna be like that, if you're gonna be an incel, knowing that everyone will hate you for it, you can't get mad when everyone hates you for it. That's just not how life works. All right. <laughs> At one time towards the end of the trip, when I had a sleepover with Eamon at Samoya's father's house, he showed me some European porn videos in the middle of the night, sick. I could observe the act of sex in much more detail than that one glimpse at Planet Cyber. I didn't want to look, but my curiosity got the better of me. To see a video of human beings doing such weird and unspeakable things with each other revolted me. I couldn't understand what I was seeing, and yet I noticed I was feeling aroused. Oh, God. I felt desire to do those things, to have sex with naked women. I saw in the video, it was a funny feeling that overwhelmed my whole body. I could feel my penis getting hard. This is when I finally noticed going through puberty. Heaven save me. Oh my god. Interjection. <sighs> okay. I was the president of my LGBTQ ally club. Um, sorry, it wasn't a club for allies. It was a club for the LGBTQ people. Um, but we had straight people in it. So it was like, um, it was plus ally. Anyways, um, basically I was president of the queer club in high school. And I went to a couple elementary schools talking about it to grade sevens who are about to go into high school. And it ended up being a lot of questions about queer sex ed. And that's because they don't teach um, about queer sex in sex ed, even if they do teach it at all. So I ended up self-teaching um, a lot of really important uh, sex ed subjects to myself 
becoming as well-versed in them as I could so that I wasn't giving out any bad information when I was asked these questions. So I have no problem talking about sex using... I have no problem using anatomically correct sentences, no problem at all. I've I've explained all of these things in detail when asked about them with no problem. Um, Men in my life come to me all the time with questions like this. I had to... I had to give a fucking 22-year-old the talk once. Um, like, I'm. this is not something I'm uncomfortable around at all. But reading that about someone like him makes me a little nauseous. Um, and I think that's because reading the sentence, I could feel my penis getting hard from a man like this, makes me sick because I know what that's going to do. He's going to resent an entire gender of people and murder people over that, over his penis getting hard, basically. And it's hard to read. It really is. But I'm, I'm going to try to cringe less next time it happens. Um, okay, <laughs> sorry. The trip was way too long. And towards the end, I felt depressed and homesick. All I wanted uh, was to go back home and play World of Warcraft, and yet I had to accept that once I did get home, I had to start high school right away. I suppose that being able to play World of Warcraft again would make up for that, though, and it would sure beat staying in Morocco any longer. I was growing tired of it. 14 years old. So we are on to his year of being 14. (sighs) Okay. 14 years old. I felt a wave of relief when we arrived back in the United States. We had travel. Um, we had to travel separately from father again because he had a different flight schedule. <sighs> but it wasn't bad on the way back because I was looking forward to playing World of Warcraft again. I only had one free day before I had to start school, and when I got back to mother's house, I gave her a big hug. That was the longest time I'd been away from my mother. After that, I immediately asked if I could go on the computer and play the game. I logged onto my character, which was just the way I left it two months ago. I said hi to all my online friends and tried to catch up on everything. The dreaded day arrived all too soon. I had to start high school. School had already begun while I was still in Morocco, so I would have to be the new kid again. Okay, that made it so much worse. My father drove me there on the first day. When we got there, I was intimidated by all the huge high school boys, and I cried in the car for a few minutes telling my father I was too scared to get out. I had to go and eventually I did. We walked to the main office where I ran into Bryce Miller. We greeted each other and I was led up to join my first class of the day. Alfred Graham was in that class and he helped me settle in. During lunchtime, Alfred showed me around the whole school and I started to feel a lot more comfortable. He introduced me to some of the other freshmen in the courtyard. I met Pascal and his clique of friends, and I immediately took a dislike to them. Pascal was cocky and popular, so I felt intimidated. He was like the Caprizi equivalent to Robert Morgan. As I met a few more people, I ran into Keaton Weber. I didn't expect to find any more people I knew at Crespi. It really took me by surprise. I hadn't seen Keaton since he left Topanga Elementary at the end of fourth grade. Keaton was still the arrogant jerk that he was at Topanga, and he had his own clique of skateboarder friends. 
such as Andy Musa and Aaron Ammon. Am Aaron Ammon? That's a really unfortunate name, man. Um, as I expected, I failed to make any new friends. Cry me a fucking river. Um, I was so overwhelmed by the brutality of the world that I didn't care anymore. <laughs> On the very first week, I had my first experience of true bullying. Weren't you complaining about bullying like five minutes ago? And now you're saying this is your first experience of true... Okay. Um, <laughs> not just the teasing I had at Pinecrest. Some horrible 12th graders saw me as a target because I looked like a 10-year-old and I was physically weak. They threw food at me during lunchtime and after school. Um, yeah, me too. Like a 12th grader threw an orange at my head when I was in 8th grade. You don't see me fucking murdering people. Um... It enraged me. It enraged me. Uh, but I was too scared to do anything about it. What kind of horrible, depraved people would poke fun at a boy younger than them who just entered high school, I thought to myself. You gotta get into reality, man. Um, okay. After the first few weeks of high school, I concluded my time at Crespi. Um, would not be pleasant at all. You already concluded that before you got there, dude. Um, I withdrew further into World of Warcraft, neglecting my homework and spending all my free time playing it. As a late birthday present, Father bought me a new laptop that was able to run World of Warcraft. It wasn't a very powerful laptop, but it performed adequately. Uh, this enabled me to have more time playing my game during Father's Week. Samoya was also on my back about how much time I spent on World of Warcraft, but since my room was on the bottom floor, secluded from the rest of the house, I was able to sneak as much time as I could. Um, okay. While I was playing World of Warcraft uh, after dinner at Mother's house once, I heard my sister watching the new show Avatar The Last Airbender on television. I decided to, ch uh, I decided to check it out. I decided to check it out and soon found myself really enjoying it. It was a magnificent story set in a fantasy world where people can control the power of elements. Once I watched the first episode, I was hooked. Prince Zuko, Zuku, I'm sorry, I haven't seen it, was my favorite character. He was a banished prince who was trying to regain his rightful place in the world. I always related to him. Excuse me? No one banished you, dude. No one fucking banished you. You banished you. <laughs> and I'd also like to say that during his childhood, he was making an effort to have a social life. And no matter what he says, he admits a bunch of times that it worked. Indirectly, he, ad he admits. He had multiple longtime friends, um, multiple like weekly playdates with other kids, he was friends with a number of different cliques when he tried. And then suddenly, when he retreats into World of Warcraft and stops making these efforts, it's everyone else's fault that he doesn't have friends anymore. That's not right. <laughs> you are not a banished prince trying to regain your rightful place in the world. You're a man who <laughs> walked away from trying to do something and then got mad at other people that you weren't doing that thing. So you can fuck right off. Um, okay. Avatar The Last Airbender became my favorite TV show. Next paragraph. Sorry if you can... Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, sorry if you can hear the trucks outside my window. It's kind of loud. Um, okay. 
My mother informed me that she was just on the phone with Art Ellis and told me that James now played World of Warcraft. I was very pleased to hear pleased to hear this. I could now share my greatest interest um, with in the world with my good friend, my only friend. I then went over to James's house for a sleepover, which I hadn't done for a while. He showed me his his World of Warcraft character, who is only level twenty. We weren't on the same server, so couldn't play together. The only way would be for one of us to start over, and we were too immersed in our characters to do that. I was fine with that. Um, James was really fascinated by my level 60 character, and most of the time he would just watch me play anyways. We also played a lot of Halo 2 together. Having these common interests with James reminded me of the good old days when we were children, when we both when we were both interested in skateboarding and before that. Pokemon. Um, this nostalgic experience provided a small uh, respite from my suffering at school. My life at Crespi got even worse. Alfred and Bryce apparently told everyone how weird I was at Pinecrest, and people in my own grade started to tease me. They found out that I didn't like being called a skateboarder, and it was true. Um, didn't you spend like four years taking skateboarding classes because you wanted to be seen as a skateboarder? Why don't you like that people know now? Pretty sure you did that to yourself. Um, because I failed to become as good at skateboarding as I wanted to be, you admitted that you were good. Um, I developed a hatred for the sport and whatever someone called me a skateboarder it reminded me of my failure and I got very angry. The whole school started calling me a skateboarder just to anger me. Along with other insulting names, they teased me because I was scared of girls calling me names like um, the F slur for gay people. I um, think we all know what that is. Um, people also liked to steal my belongings and run away in an attempt to get me to chase after them, and I did chase after them in a furious rage, but I was so little and weak, they thought it was comical. I hated everyone at school so much. Yeah, same here, man. Um, you fucking, you didn't help. You egged them all, okay, whatever. Um, I got to a point where I had to wait in a quiet corner for the hallways to clear before I could walk to class. I also took long routes around the school to avoid bullies. My parents began to consider not letting me continue after the ninth grade. When winter break came, I felt I'd just landed on a peaceful island swimming through a horrific storm. It was such a fine relief. This break was last this break was to last for three weeks, and I was sorely disappointed that two of them would be at my father's house, while only one at my mother's. I hated being at Father's house because Samoya became more and more suspicious of how much time I spent playing World of Warcraft, and she would put limits on my playtime whenever she caught me playing it. I wasn't able to do my five-hour-long events to collect rare armor pieces for my character while I was at Father's house. It was during this winter break that I experienced... Oh, God. Um... Alright, guys. Trigger explicit language and I'm going to try to get through this without cringing. I also want to remind everybody that I'm not cringing because of what is happening. What is happening is a lot of it, um, completely normal, things that 
everybody goes through at puberty. Um, the only reason I'm cringing because of who this man is and what he would do because of these feelings. Um, so here I go. It was during this winter break that I experienced my first masturbation and ejaculation. It was one of the most peculiar and memorable experiences of my life. At this point, I was officially going through the stages of puberty and had lots of sexual urges. I often fantasized about hot naked girls while rubbing my penis against my mattress at night. <sighs> I'm sorry. Um, one time while doing this, I felt an intense stirring numbness all around my fully erect penis and it extended all over my body it felt magical and ecstatic and i kept rubbing my penis on the mattress that was when the orgasm happened i couldn't believe how much pleasure i felt from that okay um interjection i really want to send it home that i I'm not cringing at the act of masturbation. That is completely normal, and this boy is 14. That's even later than a lot of people have these urges, um, especially girls. It's quite regular for girls to start having these urges around th three or four, even. Um, the reason I'm cringing is because of him <laughs> and how disgusting he would become because of what he's doing now um all right um i looked down at my penis to see that my semen had poured out all over it great like a volcanic eruption of white sticky fluid Ugh. okay what was happening to me i thought to myself with a nervous excitement it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Something completely out of my world. I felt really guilty afterwards, so I refrained from telling anyone about it. Okay, please don't keep talking about... Oh, no, he does. Um, I started to masturbate on a regular basis. At first, I only did it by rubbing my penis on my bed. But it eventually escalated to looking at pictures of girls online and rubbing my penis against my pants, fantasizing about doing sexual things with them. I didn't know how to access any porn sites, so I would just browse regular websites until I found a picture of a hot girl to masturbate to. Sick. I developed a very high sex drive, like everybody fucking else. Cry me a river. Um, and it would always remain like this. This was the start of hell for me. Going through puberty utterly doomed my existence and condemned me to a life of suffering and unfulfilled desires. Even at a young age, I felt depressed because I wanted sex, yet felt unworthy of it. I didn't think I was ever going to experience sex in reality, and I was right, I never did. I was finally interested in girls, but there was no way I could ever get them, and my starvation began. Okay, let's talk about that paragraph. Um, <laughs> him inferring that him never having sex is everyone else's fault um makes literally no sense i'm pretty sure any rational person can come to that conclusion and he was 22 when he went on that shooting spree and then shot himself um lots of people have sex for the first time later than the age of 22 everybody goes through different things at different times in life um not having sex by the age of 22 again if you have any brain cells, clearly 
not a valid excuse to kill 16 people. <laughs> pretty, pretty clear. Um, and that's what this entire manifesto is doing. It's him, you know, he wrote this right before he went on the shooting or, you know, the weeks leading up to it. Um, and he sent it to 12 people before he killed himself, I guess, now that I'm reading it, it seems, um, to justify his actions that he would commit <laughs> later in life. And it does not just, obviously there's nothing he could have said to justify it unless all 16 people were like disgusting pedophiles or something, but they weren't. They were innocent young women and some random people on the sidewalk that just didn't want to have sex with him and they didn't owe him sex nobody owes anybody sex um this man is disgusting and i wish that he had rubbed his penis all the way off on his mattress end of story okay <laughs> okay the boys in my grade talked about sex a lot some of them even told me they had sex with their girlfriends this was the most devastating and traumatized thing I've ever heard in my life. Boys having sex at my age of 14? I couldn't fathom it. What? How is that? How is it that they were able to have such uh, intimate and pleasurable experiences with girls while well, I could only fantasize about it? I frequently started asking myself, uh, this was an all-boys school. How in the hell were these boys even able to meet girls to have sex with, I wondered. I hoped they were lying. I hoped against all hope. Hearing that really shook me to the core. Words cannot describe how much hatred and envy I felt for those boys. Sick. That hatred would only fester the more I suffer from my sexual starvation. Just call it horniness, man. Um, I was too scared to tell anyone about it, and I hid it well for a time. Um, end of paragraph. It's clear through a lot of his behavior that his parents should have put him in therapy a long time ago, um, or at least some childhood counseling, and they're, they're fucking loaded. There's no excuse for them not to. I know American healthcare is really expensive, and usually I understand, you know, not having the resources to go to therapy, especially when it's a child and you can just go oh, they'll grow out of it, that we shouldn't pay $30,000 for this. His dad lives in a ginormous mansion. He's like a huge producer. He can afford to get his child the help he needs. Um, I personally feel that at this point, at 14, he was probably too far gone uh, for counseling to be fully effective, but counseling may have been effective enough to at least save those 16 lives. I think if they had gotten him into counseling at maybe 9 or 10, it might have been able to prevent his future life of being an incel. There's no way of really knowing. Um, but yeah, it's pretty clear that he needs help. Okay. Um, These recent events caused me to withdraw even further from the world. I drowned all my misery in online games. World of Warcraft was the only thing I had left in my life. My grades at Crespi dropped dramatically. I just didn't care anymore. I hated that school. I didn't think about my future. The only thing I gave any serious thought to was my World of Warcraft character. Um, I had become very powerful in the game, and I was in one of the best guilds. With this guild, I per participated in a lot of five-hour raid events to collect better gear and armor for my character. Um, 
mother moved to a new house with a swimming pool that she was able to lease for a fair price. She picked me and my sister up from father's house and took us there as a surprise. It was located near the old blue house, uh, though in a nice area. This was a day that I had an event on World of Warcraft in that afternoon, and I was very concerned about whether or not I would make it in time. So when we got to the new house, I didn't even look around and immediately hooked up my laptop to play World of Warcraft. I was that obsessed. After being bullied so much in 8th and ninth grade, I became more shy and timid than I ever was in my life. I felt very small, weak, and above all worthless. I cried myself. I cried by myself at school every day. Um, the last day of ninth grade was the worst. I was having PE at the gym, and one of my obnoxious classmates named Jesse uh, was bragging about having sex with his girlfriend. I definitely told him... What? I definitely told him that I didn't believe him, so he played a voice recording that sounded like him and his girlfriend having sex. Dude, that's not cool. Um, I could hear the girl saying his name over and over again while she panted frantically. He grinned at me smugly. I felt so inferior to him and I hated him. Um, it was at that moment that I was called to the office. When I got there, my mother was waiting for me to take me home. I cried heavily as I told her what happened earlier. This was the last day I ever set foot in Crespi Carmelite, I'm sorry, I'm not from Southern California, I don't know how to pronounce this, um, high school. Crespi was finished, I thought. I could finally relax. Little did I know, the worst was yet to come. My parents shocked me with very horrible news. They were planning on sending me to Taft High School. Taft had five times as many students as Crespi. It was a public school and it had girls in it and I had a bad reputation. Whose fucking fault is that? Um, I'd never been so scared in my life. How could they do this to me after knowing what I went through at Crespi? Interjection, um, no matter what high school they sent him to, he was going to be mad. It's clear that it's just high school in general that he didn't want to take part in. If he wanted to homeschool, his parents could afford a, like a, a private teacher. Um, and no matter what high school they told him he was going to go to, he was going to have this reaction. So how could they do this to me is a pretty unfair statement. They have to. You have to do school, man. Um, <laughs> okay. Taft High School would eat me alive and spit me out. I felt so betrayed by my parents. Cool. Um, on top of that, they told me I had to go to summer school at Taft very, very soon. I failed a few classes at Crespi and had to make up for them. The summer was supposed to be at a time of peace and relaxation, and it was turning out to be the worst summer of my life. I went with my parents to the Taft orientation event, and it was a horrific experience, really. I felt so dismayed at how large the school was and how intimidating all the students were. I begged my parents to send me back to Crispy. I knew Taft was much worse. Well, they can't send you back to Crispy because you already burnt that bridge and spent an entire year asking them to pull you out, man. You got what you wanted. You can't, you can't do this. I swear to God. I had a foul time at summer school. I remember how I used to hate it when my parents made me go to summer camp. Summer camp was like heaven compared to summer school at Taft. I got lost on the first day. Yeah, like everybody. Um, 
I was so terrified that I hid in the hallways during break time. I spent my time at summer school uh, gruelingly waiting to go home so I could feel safe playing World of Warcraft. My 15th birthday was in the midst of this summer school term. I was so miserable during this period that I didn't even give much thought to it. It was so uneventful and I barely remember anything about it. I believe I just had dinner with my mother and played World of Warcraft afterwards. Okay, um, so we're halfway through today's episode and that means uh, you can either listen to a few ads now or skip forward a couple minutes. So here is um, past Jasmine with the sponsors and present Jasmine is going to have a sip of iced coffee and be right back. Wigs. Something I think that every makeup artist should have in their repertoire because sometimes you go to do your makeup for, you know, to take a little picture um, and you realize your hair is gross and you don't want to shower, put makeup on and then shower again or wash your face and mess up the hair you just blow dried. That's at least a problem I have a lot. So if you want to do your makeup without doing your hair, having a few wigs uh, makes a huge difference. So with uni wigs, they make more uh, trendy wigs. You know, when the split dye started getting popular, they started making split dye wigs. You know, one color one side, one color the other. Those are my favorite from them. But they also do the classics, you know, the classic blonde, the classic emo black, all of that. They have such a wide range in their selection at uni wigs. And I was super excited to get this collaboration. Um, you can use my code Jasmine MUA to get a 15% discount at checkout. And the wigs are already super good prices. They do range uh, depending on if you're getting synthetic and real hair, which is another plus. Um, they have such a range that whatever quality you're looking for, you can find. Um, if you're looking for a synthetic, you know, uh, they have lots of choices and they have those same choices but in real hair so no matter what you're looking for they'll probably have it and they'll have an option that's in your price range or you could go up uh, a level higher and use my code to make it in your price range so go to uniwigs.com and use jasmine mua at checkout for your discount and make your makeup looks fun and avoid doing your hair jewelry an amazing way to accessorize, has been for like a thousand years, everybody knows that, but beautiful jewelry can be super expensive, and your girl isn't looking for diamonds. I'm looking for, you know, rhinestones, um, but there needs to be a middle between rhinestone and diamond, and that's what Sweet V does. They make beautiful jewelry that looks real for a lower price, and it's a small business. It's not a giant corporation. So I genuinely use Sweet V, um, and they make the most beautiful crowns. I know it sounds ridiculous to own a crown, but trust me, if you are crying on your bathroom floor, like me, and then you put a crown on, it feels kind of dope. Makes standing up a little bit easier. So there's a bunch of reasons to use crowns, but I use it to make myself feel better. Um, you feel like a queen when you put on a crown and I think it's fun um, but obviously they have more practical jewelry too um, earrings hair accessories belts bracelets all of that stuff and they are beautiful they look like diamonds and gold and silver 
and the crowns are around $20, the earrings are around $12, um, so you're getting great deals already, but if you use my code JASMINET, you get another 15% off. So you're supporting both a smaller business and um, you're supporting to stop mining for blood diamonds by not buying them. So there's lots of pluses to getting jewelry from this place. So sweetv.com, um, they also have an Amazon store. And you can use Jasmine Tea at checkout to get 15% off the already good prices. I want to hear from you guys. And that's why on my website, if you go to the podcast section, there is a option to message me. Um, whether you want uh, advice on something for an advice segment, or you're suggesting a different segment, suggesting a guest I should have on, just a general Q&A, whatever you want, um, you can send it through the podcast section of my website. So my website link will be in the description and just go there and shoot me a message about whatever you want and I'll try and get to it on the next podcast where we go through them. So don't be shy or coy. Go and let me know what you'd like. Pore cleansers. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they help? Do they damage? Those are all totally answerable questions. So what is a pore cleanser? It's a little device you hold in your hand and at the end of this tube there's an opening. You slide it over your face and it's a little vacuum for your pores. Um, it has enough vacuum strength to pull stuff out of your pores um, and if you use it right it pulls stuff out without damaging your skin. I always put a disclaimer, you know, read the instructions before you use any electronic device on your face, obviously. I suggest watching a tutorial before using or buying one. Um, when you use them right, they do amazing things. They've totally changed my post-drinking night routine. When I wake up in bed <laughs> with my makeup still on, I panic a little bit because makeup has been seeping into my pores all night. So I wash my face and then I take out my pore cleanser and I rub that over my nose and I keep it moving. You don't want to stop on your skin with a pore cleanser. That's how you get bruises. You keep the pore cleanser moving, you go over your face, I usually do my nose and chin, and then you look in the machine and it has sucked all of that makeup that seeped into your pores out. So that thing is a lifesaver for when you go to sleep in your makeup. Honestly, that's my best recommendation for why you use it. Don't use it every day, but it is a great emergency tool for preventing bad makeup mistakes from coming back to bite you. So at glamdivine.com, you can use my code Jasmine T, Jasmine T-E-A. It is spelt like the leaf, not the letter. Um, you can use my code JASMINE T at glamdivine.com for 15% off, and it's already $28, so you're getting a great deal. Um, again, code JASMINE T at glamdivine.com for 15% off this pimple preventing device. My favorite way to make a makeup look more exciting with very little effort is colored contacts. I'll put in, you know, two eyes of colored contacts or put one in for a nice little mismatch look. And the uh, company Tie-Dye makes some amazing colored contacts at good prices. Um, a lot of their contacts are under $30. And if you use my code Jasmine T, um, that's Jasmine T-E-A, like the leaf, um, you can get 15% off one pair or 40% off of four pairs. So if you get four pairs with my discount code, um, 
you can have a super great time with your makeup. It, I can't even express how much easier it is to spice up a look when you have colored contacts um, in your hand's reach, you know? And um, since I've started using them, it's been super fun, honestly. Uh, that, that kind of switch up, it's something that makeup can't do that you can add for some spice. So yeah, use my code JASMINET for 15% off one pair or 40% off four, and that's spelled Jasmine and then T-E-A. Why are jade rollers important? So when you create friction on your face by rubbing in your moisturizers and whatnot, it opens your pores. Um, heat and friction open your pores, and that does help get the moisturizer and serums and all that good skincare in. But if you don't close your pores afterwards, you're leaving them open and susceptible to dust and whatnot getting in. So if you get a little jade roller and you put it in the fridge or the freezer, and after you put your moisturizers and stuff on, rolling that jade roller over your face closes your pores back up with the moisturizer in there. So it's a great way to keep yourself from getting pimples while still getting that moisturizer that you need. So if you use my uh, code Jasmine T, Jasmine T E A. You can get 15% off a jade roller at glamdivine.com. That is glamdivine.com, code Jasmine T for 15% off the pimple preventing jade roller. Thanks, Jasmine. So much talent in saying words. That was great. Um, go buy those things or don't. Uh, or maybe you skipped them. It's okay. Okay. Um, 15 years old, so our man, our man's Elliot Raj, Mr. Raj, is 15 now, and he is getting worse every day, um, creating <laughs> bad situations for himself, and then complaining about those situations, being annoying on purpose, and then being confused when he gets bullied, um, and then treating women terribly, and then wondering why none of them will have sex with him, so there's a lot of stuff going on here that I'd like to absolutely anyways okay toxic is the word that describes my first day of 10th grade at taft high school it was so toxic it was a nightmare every single second of it was agony you know who had real agony is the people you killed and their families not you anyways I continued to beg my parents to not make me go, but it was to no avail. My father drove me there, and I didn't want to get out of his car. He almost had to drag me out. I somehow found the will. <laughs> I somehow found the will to put one foot in front of the other and walk towards that awful, ugly front building. The first week of Taft was a living hell. I was bullied several times, even though I didn't know anyone there. After being so used to wearing a polo shirt, and khaki pants as a school uniform at private school. I continued to dress like that after leaving Crespi. I didn't give any thought to how nerdy I looked. I was too withdrawn, like a turtleneck tucked into his sh what? Like a turtle tucked into his shell. Um, I was still in the process of going through puberty at the time. Yeah, everyone fucking else was too. Um, so I still looked and sounded like a 10-year-old. Such a person attracted zero attention from girls, of course, but it did attract bullies like moth to a flame. Um, lots of guys who start puberty later in their teenage years have girlfriends in high school. It's not your stage of puberty that girls don't like you for. It's everything about your personality that you're choosing to have. So, pretty sure that's got nothing to do with it, man. 
Um, I was completely and utterly alone. Whose fault is that? Uh, no one knew me or extended a hand to help me. I was an innocent, scared little trapped boy in a jungle full of malicious predators and was shown no mercy. The irony there. Some boys randomly pushed me against the lockers as they walked past me in the halls. One boy who was tall and had blonde hair called me a loser right in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> yes, he had girls with him, pretty girls, and they didn't seem to mind that he was such an evil bastard. In fact, they liked him for it. This is how girls are. Nice generalization. Um, and I was starting to realize it. This was what truly opened my eyes to how brutal the world is. The most meanest, good grammar, and depraved of men uh, come out on top, and women flock to these men. Their evil acts are rewarded by women, while good, decent men are laughed at. Mm, yes, it is a sick, twisted, and wrong in every way. I hated the girls even more than the bullies because of this. What? The sheer cruelty of the world around me was so intense that I will never recover from the mental scars. Any experience I had before traumatized me as much as this. Um, okay. Lots of bullying in high school creates mental scars. Um, the bullying that you admit to causing, that you were purposefully annoying, admittedly, and then were bullied for it, um, that... That's literally no one's fault but yours. And <laughs> women who flock to cruel men are cruel women. There are cruel people all over the world, and a lot of them end up together because they're similar. They're both cruel. Um, if you're such a nice guy, you wouldn't be trying to go for these cruel women, you know? A lot of the like really nice guys will date a few... <laughs> cruel women usually and we all get matched up with bad people sometimes but there's so many great women and so many great men in the world um just because you see or interact with one cruel one doesn't mean everyone in the world is cruel yeah these cruel popular girls are attracted to the cruel popular men obviously that's how it works um if you're shy and introverted um Try talking to some other shy and introverted people. You're clearly hanging around these popular people who you say you're jealous of, and then you're confused that you have nothing in common. Um, of course you have nothing in common. You're nothing alike. It, like, there, I'm sure there were plenty of girls in your high school. I've seen pictures of him. He's not ugly. That's one of the upsetting parts. Um, it's one of the parts that makes it so clear that this was his own doing. Because he's not ugly at all. Um, I'm sure there's lots of sweet, introverted girls that were having the same, you know, kind of feelings as you, and lonely, and wanted a boyfriend. You just weren't looking at them. You were looking at girls who didn't like you back. Okay. Um, I couldn't do it anymore. One morning before the second week of Taft started, I broke down and cried in front of my mother, begging her to not make me go to that horrible place. I was so scared that I felt physically sick. I continued crying in the car on the way there, and my mother gave in. Uh, instead of taking me to school, we went to the cafe at Gelson's in Calabasas, and we had a big talk. I tried to explain how much I was suffering there. She just 
could not take me to school after that. When we were finished with Gelson's, she drove me to my father's house and told him what happened. They agreed to take me out of Taft. Okay, now they're going to put him in a different high school. And he's going to think his parents betrayed him for putting him in this high school. The same exact thing's going to happen. You're the one that begged to leave Taft. And I put so much money on him begging to leave the next one. Um, I didn't go to school for a month while my parents decided what to do with me. I took advantage of the time to rest and recover at home playing my online games. The pain and suffering I had to endure at Taft was all over, but the scars would remain. I tried to forget about it as much as I could. I took a deep breath and relaxed. Um, I mean, again, I feel like a broken record machine, but you don't have deep scars. Uh, the people you killed and their families have deep scars. You have surface-level cuts that you asked for, literally, and admitted to asking for. So, cry me the Atlantic Ocean. Um, after a month of recovery, my parents took me to look at two continuation high schools, which operate like homeschooling because you spend three hours a day there and do the rest of the work at home. This is not a good option for him. He's just going to play World of Warcraft all day. Um, one of them was right next to El Camino High School. The other was in Van Nuys. My parents preferred the one in Van Nuys because they felt it was more structured and organized. It was called Independence High School, and they decided to send me there. Independence was a very small school uh, with only three buildings and 100 students. The teachers were all very nice and understanding, and it had a relaxed and calm en environment. I figured it was the best option for me. A week later, I started going to Independence High School. I didn't like any of the students there. They were all slobs, <laughs> with the exception of two or three boys. This wasn't a major concern because I didn't care about having a social life at that point. All I wanted to do was hide away from the cruel world by playing online games. And Independence High School gave me that opportunity to do just that. Oh, so I was right. He's just going to play World of Warcraft all day. Sick. Um, <laughs> okay. I only had to be at school for four hour, three or four hours a day. And all the work was very easy with teachers available to help me with anything. After those short school hours, I had time... Uh, all the time in the world to do whatever I wanted, and I spent it playing World of Warcraft. Okay, so, um, what's happened here is he's emotionally manipulated his parents into giving him a situation where he gets to play World of Warcraft all day. And again, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, but I did date someone with antisocial personality for a long time, and manipulating his parents into situations like this where he got to just play games all day was very common. Um, <laughs> it's all too familiar, reading that exact situation. I mean, he got exactly what he wanted. He just wants to play World of Warcraft all day. That's what he got. Everything worked out for him. He's not suffering. He gets exactly what he wants. He's fine. <sighs> okay. Um, one drawback was that I had to take the bus to school because my parents couldn't pick me up at such an early time of day. Oh no, poor baby. Though it was embarrassing, I didn't care about appearances anymore, so I didn't make a big deal out of it. Though it wasn't embarrassing. Why would taking a bus be embarrassing? You pretentious fuck. 
This was a perfect setup for my World of Warcraft addiction. After school every day, I fully indulged myself in my addiction to World of Warcraft. My only social interaction was with my online friends and with James, who would occasionally come over to my house and play World of Warcraft with me. Um, like I said before, guys, before he started playing World of Warcraft, he had friends from multiple cliques across multiple schools. When he tried to have friends, he had friends. It's not that he can't have friends, which is how he's acting. He's acting like it's impossible for him to have friends. We've seen in the prior chapters him have playdates every week, have a bunch of friends, um, and now he's acting like it isn't his fault that he fell out of touch with them. You can't just expect people to show up at your house and be your friend. You have to make some kind of effort. It's a two-way street. Um, okay. My father's career as a commercial director hadn't been as successful as it was a couple years before. He foolishly decided to invest all his money in his feature film, a documentary named Oh My God. In this film, he would interview various people about their opinions on religion and God. Um, to make it, he took off to travel all over the world for a few months. Despite this, one week, what? Despite this one week, one week arrangement, and during Father's Week, I had to stay at Father's house with only Samoya. Um, this arrangement remained, and during my Father's Week, oh, sorry, I can't read. Okay, despite this, the one week, one week arrangement remained, and during Father's Week, I had to stay at Father's house with only Samoya. There we go. This frustrated me tremendously because Samoya has always been a pain to live with, and she would obstruct my time on World of Warcraft. Oh my god, somebody's actually parenting you? That's cruel. I was hopeful about my father's movie, however. He kept talking about how he will become very rich from it, and I fostered hope that he would become even richer. How naive I was. The movie would only bankrupt him in the future. On top of this, I had to deal with another change at Father's house that angered me to no end. Um, to give up my lovely, huge, and luxurious downstairs room, all because baby Jazz got a new nanny. <laughs> Once again, Jazz's existence caused me to lose room at my father's house. Okay, so what he's doing here is being angry at a baby. Sick, right? Um, I think we can all agree that likable people hate babies who live in their house and are their siblings. That's going to make you very popular. Definitely get mad at a baby. Pro advice. Um, okay. This time father made my room... Um, this time father made my room into his new office. He split his old office into two bedrooms in which I got one of them and the nanny got the other. My new room was much smaller and it didn't have its own bathroom. Aww. That's such a shame. My downstairs room was the best part of my father's house and it was all gone. I started to really hate going there. How cruel of them to not give him an ensuite bathroom. How's he going to live like that? I don't know how he could live like that. That's terrible. Father came back shortly for winter break before taking off again. A new expansion for World of Warcraft called Burning Crusade came out at the beginning of January. I was extremely excited for this expansion. It added many new features to the game, new areas to explore, and raised the level of 
uh, capacity to 70. It was like a whole new World of Warcraft game. I asked my father to buy it for me for Christmas present. I can still remember the intense anticipation I felt as I installed it onto my laptop. I decided to transfer my World of Warcraft character to the same server as James so that we could play together online and level up our characters in the new expansion. Through doing this, I met two of James's friends from high school who also played on his server. Sip of iced coffee, getting that angry dry throat again. Um... <clears throat> they were two brothers named Steve and Mark. Steve is our age, and Mark is a couple years older. Me, James, Steve, and Mark would then play always together online as a group. So you do have friends. I found them quite fun to play with, and it was nice to have some friends to play World of Warcraft with on a regular basis. Eventually, Steve and Mark decided to make new characters on a PvP server, which had play settings that were more to my liking. I don't know what any of that means, honestly. Um, I chose to make a new character with them. I made a Blood Elf character that I leveled up very fast, and it became my main character in the game. James stayed on his old server for a while, but within a few weeks we persuaded him to join us on the new one. I had heated conflicts with Sumea during every week that I was at Father's house. All I wanted to do was play World of Warcraft, and Sumea strictly limited my playtime. Um, that's normal. So, one of his parents is, and it's his stepmother, it's not even a parent he likes, um, one of his, one of the adults in his life is trying to do something for the best. Um, maybe she can see what's happening here. Uh, but she doesn't have as much authority as his biological parents, so she's clearly doing what she can. But I think it's too late, honestly, by 15 or 14. How old is he here? 15. Probably too late by 15. Um, sorry, let me find my place. So, all I wanted... Okay, because my new room was just across from hers, um, she knew what I was doing at every single second. She was breathing down my neck the whole time. She kept making me do chores around the house. Oh my god, that's so normal. That sucks. I despised doing work around the house, especially since we had a nanny who was supposed to do it. Dude, if I made a scene about doing the work, she took away my laptop for a day or two. This was the most horrible thing she could do to me. Jesus. To take away my only source of joy left in the world. She sometimes did it even when my father was home, and father didn't lift a finger to stop her. Um, okay. Doing chores around the house is, like, every single kid, I think, does that growing up, but nobody, no adults in his life in implemented that or taught him about it until the age of 15, so now he just resents doing it and thinks that it's, <laughs> I don't know what he thinks it is. Um, but clearly, oh god, I hope Samoya isn't one of the women that he ends up killing because she's really trying here, you can tell. I'd love to hear her side of this because I have a feeling that she loved him very much and wanted the best for him. Um, okay. My first year at Independence High School came to an end very quickly 
Nothing eventful really happened there. I barely interacted with anyone. Um, I would just go there for my required time, do my work, and go home. I was too absorbed in my game to care about anything else. At Father's house in the beginning of summer, I was introduced to someone who I would hate for a very long time. Leo Bubenheim. Bubenheim, sorry. Um, Alex Bubenheim married a German woman named Karina, who had just moved to the U.S. with her two kids, Leo and Paulina, um, who became Alex's stepchildren. They would then always come over as a family. Leo was 12 years old, and Paulina was a year younger than me. Um, my fear of girls made me keep my distance from Paulina. She was a total bitch anyway. Cool. And her attitude would only get worse. She is a true representation of everything I hate about women. Um, so it sounds like Paulina is probably a confident woman who is smart. Um, confident, smart women don't take El like Elliot Rogers kind of fucking shit. They don't put up with that. So he hates her. Um, he likes his women insecure. Uh, okay. When I first met Leo, I didn't think much of him. He was only 12 years old. I just thought of him as Luca's new older brother. I had no inkling of how much I would envy and hate him later on. Soon enough, my je jealousy of Leo began to manifest. He just moved to the US from Germany, and yet he was already to make lots of friends and had a great social life. He was tall, good looking, blonde haired, and a skateboarder, the type of person I always envied and wanted to be. Okay, coffee. Um, <clears throat> me and my father and the Bubenheims all went camping on a trip to Big Bear. It was just the boys. We drove deep into the wilderness in my father's big, formidable Lexus SUV. After setting up our tents, we built a nice fire to gather around and tell stories. It was quite fun, and it made um, for a small respite from my lonely life. Though I had to suffer in the presence of Leo and deal with my jealousy of him. <sighs> One time during this trip, my father made me take Leo and Lucas out exploring. The three of us covered a lot of ground, and I tried to act as though in front of them by, <laughs> by slashing my knife at any plant that got in our way. Um, yeah, dude, they saw through that. That's not cool. That's, I mean, there's no way the forest was so thick that you had to do that. Um... The 4th of July this year was the day I saved my little brother's life from drowning. That's good. I went with my family and Aunt G to Gary's twins' house, and they always had a 4th of July party. The Bubenheims were there, including Leo and Paulina. So was Vincent Twin, who had grown up quite fast. The last time I saw him, he was just a little kid who, look up, who looked up to me when I showed him my computer games. Now he was becoming a teenager with an, intent, with an interest in skateboarding. The party was a pool party and my brother Jazz had full exposure to the swimming pool. He already learned how to walk, but he couldn't swim. At one instance I was eating lunch, I saw Jazz run quickly from the adults, completely unattended. Then I watched him as he curiously examined the water and then descended into the steps of the shallow end of the pool. <clears throat> Before long he lost his footing on the steps and his whole body sank into the water, nobody noticed. He was going to drown, I thought with a panic. I ran as fast as I could, plunging into the water 
With my clothes still on and pulled him out, I asked him how he was doing and he coughed up some water and told me he felt fine. Um, the only person who saw this happen was a little girl who was swimming in the shallow end. I saved his life and my brother remembers it to this very day. Every single second of my brother's life, everything that happens to him in the future will exist because I pulled him out of the water that day. There's literally no way of knowing that. Um, obviously, it's amazing that you saved your little brother because I haven't heard anything about him murdering people, so maybe he's a cool dude. Um, but you have no way of knowing if someone else would have saved him or not, so that's a weird claim. Um... I celebrated my 16th birthday at mother's house. She bought me an Xbox 360, which had just been released. I didn't play it yet, though, because the only game I wanted for it was Halo 3, which is set to come out in November. I was really looking forward to that game. It was supposed to be the best Halo game of all time. After I blew up my candles, I remember going outside and sitting by my mother's pool to contemplate my life. 16, what an age to be. I still felt like I was 12. Probably, yeah. Uh, most teenagers will start driving at this age. I couldn't even fathom myself driving. The thought of it scared me. James came for a sleepover shortly after my birthday, and he helped me set up my Xbox 360. We played a round of Halo 2 to text, test it out. He didn't bring his computer because he had a desktop that was hard to transport. So I suggested we play at Planet Cyber, we go to Planet Cyber to play World of Warcraft together. Our parents dropped us off there, and we had a good World of Warcraft session. Um, that we walk home, what? That we walk home from the way back on. My mother's new house was three times the distance from Planet Cyber as her old blue house, but I really wanted to do it. On the way, we passed by that little blue house, and all the memories came back. The two of us talked a lot, shared some laughs. It was a very memorable night. All right, 16 years old. <clears throat> Another sip of coffee. Talking about things that make me angry make my throat really dry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> As summers end drew closer, I became more depressed. My life had gotten so lonely and playing World of Warcraft uh, barely made up for it. My mother noticed this and promised to get together with Philip again. She called Philip's mother, Kathy, to arrange a meetup, and so Philip came over twice during that summer. I quite liked seeing him again. It was two years since the last time we spoke. Though he had no interest in my video games, he enjoyed playing in my mother's swimming pool. I had one playdate with Jeffrey as well. Playdate? You're 16. Playdate? How old do you think you were when you stopped calling things a playdate? Ten. Ten? Yeah, he's 16, saying he's setting up a playdate with his friend. What is that, grade 11? Yeah, that's junior year of high school. <laughs> please don't. Please stop it. What the hell, man? You're old enough to drive. You can't call it a fucking playdate and also have your mom set it up. That's fucking weird. Um, okay. I had one playdate with Jeffrey as well. Philip and his family went on vacation to Catalina, and Jeffrey wanted to stay at home. I went to his house for a sleepover with just him there. Jeffrey had changed a lot. He was now 14, and he told me he had a girlfriend. I was shocked, amazed, and envious. I wondered how an immature brat like Jeffrey could have a girlfriend at such a young age. 
Um, I had the dreaded suspicion that he'd already had sex with her, and I tried not to think about it. I was deeply jealous, but for the sake of our past friendship and the good times together in the past, I hid that envy well. You know what, dude? You probably didn't. He probably saw the envy. Um, you don't seem like you're great at many things, so probably didn't hide that well. Um, 11th grade, uh, at independence began. I still took the bus to school and had no desire to learn how to drive at that age. I was way too afraid of even trying it out. Driving is something that adults are supposed to do and I still felt like a child. He's really trying to drive at home. That he's He never aged and he's a child. And I again want to preface that this is super common in narcissistic people claiming that they have a young mind and they didn't know better. You know, painting himself as still feeling like a child in, it insinuates that he has the intelligence of a child and that's a great excuse for I didn't know what I was doing was wrong I was just a kid you know I don't feel like a man he is he's 16 he's not a child he needs to stop referring to himself as a child it's a subtle way of manipulating people into not holding him accountable for his actions whether he realizes it or not um I continued on with my lonely routine of doing schoolwork in the morning and playing World of Warcraft with James, Steve, and Mark for the rest of the time. I gave no thought to my future at all. I just lived in the moment in the comfort of my zone. <clears throat> my sex drive was at its peak at this age. Whenever I got back from school, I had to masturbate. The urge was too strong. During my masturbation sessions, I often built elaborate fantasies in my mind that had a hot, blonde-haired girlfriend to have passionate sex with, almost like having an imaginary girlfriend. I told no one about this. That's totally normal. Um, in fact, I didn't talk to my parents at all about having my sexual development. I felt too guilty and embarrassed about it. Whenever they probed me, I lied to them. Um... Telling them that I had no sex drive. My mother once caught me looking at pictures of girls online, and I frantically had to convince her that I stumbled upon the pictures by accident. I also noticed my voice getting deeper. I was struggling to sound like an actual teenager. The last stages of puberty were over. Yeah, probably. Um, okay. <sighs> Halo 3 came out in November. I got my mother to buy it for me on the very day it was released. I had a lot of fun playing it while drinking the special Mountain Dew flavor that was released with the game. Mountain Dew Game Fuel, it was called. The game definitely lived up to its expectations, and to my surprise, I found myself playing it more than World of Warcraft for the first couple of weeks. Father suffered through a deep financial setback because of his movie. Could things get any worse for me? Um, yes. Some people have real problems, so yes. As a result, my father abruptly cut off all child support payments he was paying my mother. Um, my mother is forced to find a better paying job to make up for it. And she had to move out of her house to a condominium close by. Thank you. Uh, thankfully, Rob Lemonson offered her a job in his production company, Elemental, Elemental Productions. Um, this new job enabled my mother to make enough money to live comfortably. We had seen the Lemonsons, 
We hadn't seen the Lemonsons much since the last time we went trick-or-treating with them years ago. It was good to reconnect with them. I missed Mother living in an actual house, but at least the new place was a condominium with more luxuries than the apartment we once lived in. The condominium had three bedrooms, and my room had its own bathroom. Of course. Um, the bad part about this condominium was its location in Kunoga Park, a lower class area. I hated telling people that my mother lived in Kunoga Park. What the fuck? It was highly embarrassing for me, but alas, in that lonely and depressing stage of my life, there was no one to really tell and I barely cared about what people thought of me anyways. I was a complete dork stuck in my own little world. Um, you have an ensuite bathroom in your room as a teenager, so not sure why you're embarrassed of living there. You have an ensuite bathroom. You're clearly fine. Um, some siblings have to share a room and you don't even have to share a bathroom, so I'm not exactly sure what you're embarrassed about in regards to the house. Um, an exchange student from France moved into my father's house. His name was Max Bonin. A cultured, outgoing 19-year-old French guy, his parents are very wealthy hotel owners, and he'd be staying with us for a few months while he studies English at Pierce College. At first, I wasn't so sure about having this lung per young person lurking about, but soon we developed a good friendship. He always invited me to play cards with him after dinner, and though Sav Samoya didn't let me drink alcohol, he would always sneak me a beer. It was really nice to have that regular social interaction. I became fond of Max. In just two weeks after Max arrived, we got news that Samoya's father died in Morocco. Samoya immediately left for Morocco, and she took Jazz with her. Though I was really sad to hear about the death of Samoya's father, he was a kind and generous man. I was glad to see. I was glad to see Samoya gone. Jesus Christ! Father's whole household changed for the better, dude. <laughs> I started to love going to father's house, especially with Max there. He was like an older brother to me. My mother became really close friends with the Lemonsons due to her new job. Every year they had an extravagant Christmas party at their newly built mansion in the Palisades. We would now be invited to it. James also went to the party, and I had a pleasant time hanging out with him and Noah. He has a number of friends. I don't... whatever. Uh, during one week at Father's after the New Year, Father had to leave for his work. For that week... It would just be me, my sister, and Max in the house. Oh my god. Ugh, I forgot to breathe again. Um, the three of us had a lot of fun together. Max took us to Universal Studios. Father, father allowed him to drive the big Lexus, for which I was a bit jealous. You literally decided to not drive. You just talked about this. What are you jealous of? I'm so... Con whatever. Um... The last time I was at Universal Studios, father allowed him to drive the Olympic Lexus. I was a bit jealous. Uh, oh, um, the last time I was at Universal Studios Amusement Park was when I just moved to America. Mother took us to Universal City um, to walk a couple of times, but never the amusement park. I went on all the rides, including the infamous Jurassic Park that I was rejected from going on when I was a child. Oh, I forgot about that. What a dick. Um... When father came back, we talked about him. We talked to him about our time at Universal. 
He suggested that we all go to Six Flags. The four of us set out for it the next day. Um, Six Flags. Oh my god, this is not right. Okay. Um, Six Flags was the biggest amusement park uh, I've ever been to. I was allowed on all the gigantic roller coaster rides. Max, my father, and even my little sister were all eager to tackle the larger roller coasters. Even my little sister. Gender has nothing to do with whether or not you like roller coasters, but okay. Um, I was the only one who was scared out of my mind. Max talked me into it, so I nervously gave all the rides a try and ended up having some fun. To my... Chairgen? Chagrin? To my... Chagrin? C-H-A... Chagrin? Chagrin. What is that? To my chagrin? No idea. My father decided to take up motorcycle riding. Um, if anybody wants to send me a, a message on my website where you can... Distress. Distress? It's like a, it's a term for something. Like, it's like saying to my disappointment. Okay, so it means like to my disappointment. There's no way he didn't fucking synonym thesaurus that. Okay. Um, to my disappointment... <laughs> My father decided to take up motorcycle riding. He pulled up to the house one day. Isn't he bankrupt? What's going on? In a roaring Harley Davidson. It was com- I was completely baffled. I suppose it was due to some midlife crisis he was going through. A motorcycle? Really? Alex Bubenheim got him into it. He and Alex would then ride their motorcycles all the time. Uh, he kept ex- insisting that he take me on the motorcycle whenever we went out, insisting going uh, instead of going in the car. This would be too embarrassing for me, and I admittedly refused to go on the motorcycle. Embarrassing? Why would that be embarrassing? Okay. Um, I went with Mother to the red carpet premiere of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This was my fourth premiere. Going to premieres was always um, an uplifting experience for me. The movie was quite a disappointment, however. How dare you? (laughs) Indiana Jones, how dare you? I much preferred the classic Indiana Jones films. The next day, I told some of my teachers I went to the premiere, and they were very shocked. I bet I was the first kid at that school who had done such prestigious things. All right, dude. Hold it. Hold your fucking horses, all right? It's not that impressive. You didn't do anything. You got taken somewhere. Samoya and Jazz returned from Morocco. I was happy to see my baby brother again, but not so happy to see Samoya. Things were a lot better at father's house when she was gone. You're such a dick. Um, soon after she came back, we started getting into various arguments again, which embarrassed me in front of Max. In the, in the spring, something horrible happened that will haunt me forever. Oh no. What's going to happen? Um... We met up with the Boobenheims at the Sagebrush Cantina in Calabasas, and a friend of Paulina's was there with them, named Nicole, a girl around my age. She sat next to Leo the whole time, and by the end, sorry, um, and by the end of the dinner, the two of them were making out. Twelve-year-old Leo was making out with a girl who was almost my age. Not only does Leo have a better social life, but now he's making out with girls at the age of twelve. I'm not fucking cool, and so was I. So that means nothing. That means 
literally nothing. They made out for a long time, and I could see them tongue kissing. Ew, dude, stop looking so close. They knew I was watching with envy, ugh, and they still did it. I bet the lucky bastard could, took great satisfaction in my envy. No, he was probably weirded out, dude. There I was watching a boy four years younger than me experience everything I've longed for to kiss a girl, to be worthy of a girl's attraction. On that day, I developed vis vicious hatred for Leo that will never go away. Um, based on the fact that Leo's name is not redacted, I'm guessing he didn't kill Leo. Um, but he might have been sent this manifesto. So I'm not... Leo's just a 12-year-old who likes a girl. Just leave him the fuck alone. Um, a few days later, Max went home to France, never to come back again. I was deeply saddened by this for the brief period that Max was staying at father's house. So I enjoyed life a lot more. He was a big part of my life there. Oh my god, I'm yawning again. I'm sorry, guys. Whenever I forget to breathe, I yawn. Um, uh, I enjoyed life a lot more. He was a big part of my life there. He drove me to places when my father and Samoya were busy. We played card games and had pleasant conversations after dinner. And we always took walks to the top of the hill overlooking father's neighborhood, which I called the Overlook. Most importantly, he made me feel less lonely. I was very saddened by his departure. Another horrible experience concerning the Bubenheims occurred. We were having dinner at their house, like we usually do. Um... And at the end of the dinner, a few of Paulina's friends over. They were all popular, good-looking girls and boys. They were the kind of people who I've always had the desire to be a part of, but was ne never able to fit in with. Popular kids, cool kids. When I heard them talking about their awesome lives and their parties, I had a breakdown right then and there. I realized how much I'd been missing out on life, and I cried in front of everyone. I felt like I would never have a life as good as theirs. I told everyone that I wanted to commit suicide. Father Samoya Alex and Karina talked to me for three hours to cheer me up. Um, okay, I didn't put a suicide trigger warning before this because I didn't know that there was going to be discussion of suicide, so I'll have to add one. I will definitely add one now. I can just... I'll record that clip after this, obviously. Um... So basically, I think in this moment, I mean, he says he, I realized how much I've been missing out on in life. I cried in front of everyone. I think he realizes how much of his fault it is. He's been missing out in the past few years that he's been only playing World of Warcraft. Because remember, um, as a child, he had all these friend groups. He was in lots of cliques. He was doing fine. And then he stopped contacting them, only played World of Warcraft, and blamed everyone else for not having friends anymore. So I think in that moment, he didn't realize how much he was missing out on life. He realized how much he'd messed up his social life. And it's totally fixable, for sure. Um, but I don't think he's capable of that kind of... It takes a lot of self-awareness to see that you've done something that's affected yourself negatively and change it and admit that something's your fault. I don't think he has that self-awareness, so that's not gonna happen. Um, I don't want anyone to feel suicidal, obviously, but the fact that he went on to kill 16 people makes me not feel very bad for him. So 
I feel bad for his father and Samoya and Alex and Karina, who had to talk to him about this for three hours and were probably pretty... That's probably a traumatic memory for them, hearing him just say that out of nowhere um, in front of all those people. So I definitely feel bad for his family. Um, okay. 11th grade at Independence ended. Like the previous year, my time at the school went by like a blur. I didn't talk to anyone. I barely considered myself... I barely considered it as part of life. I just did the work that I was required to. I waited for the bus to take me home. Once summer started, I sank into a major depression. My feelings of inferiority were intensified by the recent events with the Bubenheims. The Bubenheims were family friends, but now they represented the very thing that destroyed my whole life and took away my happiness. Yourself? I... what? Um... It was at that time that I was just beginning to realize with a lot of clarity how truly unfair my life is. Yeah, it's so unfair to live in a mansion with an ensuite bathroom and a tennis court and have two loving parents and a nanny and healthy siblings. That's that sucks. I'm Everybody's life has problems, obviously, but his life doesn't seem unfair. Um and even the term unfair in a lot of context is used in a strange way. And I definitely think this is one of those times. What was he expecting to be fair? Women are not just handed out and divided equally. Is that what he would consider fair? That's not how life works. He knew that. Um, okay. Um, okay. I compared myself to other teenagers and became very angry that they were able to experience all the things I desired while I was left out. You left yourself out. I never had the experience of going to a party with other teenagers. I'd never had my first kiss. I never had hands with a girl. I never lost my virginity. In the past, I felt so inferior and weak um, from all the bullying that I just accepted my lonely life and dealt with it by playing World of Warcraft. At this point, I started to question why I was condemned to suffer such misery. I'm not even going to comment on that. Um, there was nothing I could really do about my unfair life situation. Cap. Absolute cap. I felt completely powerless. The only way I could deal with it was to continue to drown out all my troubles with my online games. I played World of Warcraft really hard. Leveling two new characters to 70. Um, okay. At Mother's House, I sometimes played it for 14 hours a day. James, Steve, and Mark would always joke that there was never a time that they saw me offline. I was known as the guy who was always on World of Warcraft. Um, my laptop was getting slower and slower. It wasn't a very powerful laptop, but it was the only computer I had to play World of Warcraft on. This was really frustrating to me because eventually it became so slow that it ruined my gaming experience. I kept pestering my mother and father to get me a faster laptop for more efficient gaming. For my 17th birthday, my parents agreed to get me a new laptop. So you got what you asked for again, sick. Um, life is so unfair when you get everything you ask for. Okay, my mother took me to Best Buy to choose it out and I found the perfect one. It was larger, highly efficient, dark-colored laptop for gaming. After we bought it, 
We had dinner at the Japanese restaurant Kabuki on Ventura Boulevard. Oof, this is not grade press for that restaurant. You should have just left them out. <laughs> Leave them out of this. Uh, the same restaurant my mother took me for my fifth grade graduation. Um, okay, I was supposed to read all the way through the end of his year of being 17 years old, but we're already at an hour 45 here, and it'll definitely take me longer than 15 minutes to read this section. I'm pretty sure the 17-year-old section is very long, so I'm gonna have to leave you there. Um, reminder, if you want to send in any questions, suggestions, or just general statements to the podcast. There's a section for that on my website, which is in the description. Just go to the podcast section of the website and you will see the option to send a message. Um, if any of the products that sponsor the podcast interest you, those links are in the bio as well. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's all. So today we read 13 through 16 and it was definitely the worst time I've had so far reading this manifesto. Obviously, as he gets older, this gets even more graphic and makes even less sense. Some of it is worded so manipulative. Some of it's worded in such a manipulative way that it's hard for me to even critique because say he complains about some reason he's being bullied, when I critique him for that reason, the thing is that other people being bullied for similar reasons, I don't want them to feel the way I'm critiquing him because it's not their fault. In his situation, he had a bunch of these things he was being bullied for that were his fault. Um, so definitely a PSA. If you're being bullied at school for things that are completely out of your control, um, or even for things that aren't out of your control but aren't hurting anyone, you should absolutely not feel bad about that. I was bullied in high school too. It's terrible. Um, we need to keep in mind that this boy created on purpose for attention the situations he was bullied for so that he could get attention when he complained about being bullied. And he did that till the day he died with this manifesto. So, keep that in mind. Um, one more PSA. Masturbating is not shameful. Again, it's only shameful when you <laughs> use your hard dick as an excuse to kill women. So, there's that. Anyways, send a question to the podcast, check out the sponsors, and the link for the theme song is in the bio. Okay, bye. But it's hard to give it to someone when I don't love myself No, I don't love myself I don't love myself When I don't love myself